Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. For ultra-wideband RTLS, we are delivering accuracy down to 10 centimeters. Some of our customers, we want to do analytics for every brand on the shelf, the so-called FMCG analytics for every bottle, for every box. Yeah. So with Bluetooth yeah. or Wi-Fi, it's not possible, right? Now, let's say if I would think about uh, the best possible place on earth where I would develop such a complicated and advanced product as Lintegra CVR platform, then I would definitely think about Kiev Ukraine. You're listening to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Pico System with Steve Stackler. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Beaker System. My name is Steve Statler from Statler Consulting, and we are doing this show um, in partnership with Proxbook. Uh, it's a long-standing partnership that we've had, and this is a special time for them. It's time for their Q2 report. Most people think of Proxbook as this uh, encyclopedic database of uh, vendors in the Beaker System. Uh, but they have been uh, doing an amazing job with a quarterly report and this quarter it focuses on sports stadiums and events um, and uh, great collection of case studies, statistics um, and uh, I, I got to contribute um, an analysis of the industry using a framework called Scotsman which has nothing to do with guys wearing kilts. Scotsman stands for solution, uh, competition, originality, timing, uh, size, money, access, and need. And we kind of look at that market through through that lens. So uh, go to proxbook.com, check out the report. It's free um, uh, and, and very worthwhile. Okay, well, this week we are um, actually communicating with uh, Eastern Europe, the Ukraine, and I have the real pleasure of uh, interviewing Oleg Puzanov, who's the CEO of Leantegra. So Oleg, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve. My pleasure. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate your spending time with us. And uh, I was really excited at the opportunity to talk with you. Um, well, A, because I'm just interested in what business in the Ukraine is like. And uh, Beacon companies are, are, are really global. This isn't a Silicon Valley-centric industry, which is interesting. And we'll go into that a little bit later. But one of the key things that uh, I think the audience will get out of our discussion is understanding more about ultra-wideband. Um, and yeah. uh, so I really want to dig into that. And uh, beacons are great. They have some unique properties, but they have limitations. And your solution incorporates Bluetooth beacons, Wi-Fi, 
and ultra wideband, which is really cool um, and it does some amazing things. So I want people to understand what it can do, what it can't do, and how it can complement those other technologies. But before we get into that, let's just uh, get an introduction from you to your company and, and what you do more broadly. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so let me start with a brief introduction about Lintegra, so who we are and what we do. So uh, Lintegra develops a platform for engaging and analyzing the food traffic, uh, such as shoppers inside the supermarkets and shopping malls. And it's as simple as that. Now, if I'll try to expand it further, I should also mention that um, we provide uh, three kinds of solutions on top of this platform. So uh, number one is called RTLS. Uh, this is about uh, discovering uh, real-time location data using Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and ultra-wideband. So I think um, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth uh, might sound familiar to you, and uh, ultra-wideband uh, might be something new. Um, the only thing uh, which uh, I should mention at this stage that uh, ultra-wideband, it's a pretty specific wireless technology which enables a very high location accuracy, down to 10 centimeters. So that's our first solution. Uh, our second solution is it's called proximity marketing. We are also using uh, iBeacon and Eddystone technologies, as well as uh, the so-called hybrid mode, which uh, combines uh, iBeacon and uh, Eddystone together for proximity marketing. So we have tools like uh, campaign management, uh, mobile SDKs, and everything for you to launch uh, the marketing campaigns. And uh, solution number three, which we have, uh, it's called location analytics. This is about um, big data analytics uh, using the collected location data. So we do things like uh, data aggregation and uh, delivering the so-called business metrics, uh, such as uh, dwell time, uh, location popularity, counting new versus uh, return to visitors. Another thing which I should mention that uh, these uh, three solutions uh, uh, they're connected into a, a single unified or a centralized user experience, which we provide to our customers. So um, let's take an example. Let's say you're a marketer. And with the help of our platform, you cannot just uh, create and launch new campaigns. You can also measure the actual impact of those campaigns on the food traffic behavior, right? You can uh, view the actual results of your campaigns. And all this happens on the same web portal, which we also provide. It is called Integra CVO portal. So in marketing speak, that's attribution. So you can do the targeting, yes. you can drive activity, and then you can measure to see and if things are successful. On the same dashboard, right? the same tool. So it's all integrated. Let's yeah. just look at this uh, ultra-wideband thing. So in the, in the book, um, uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Beaker System, we had a big section on alternative technologies because the reality is a lot of the solutions actually recognize that it's not one tool for every job. You've got to have a toolkit. Uh, and so ultra-wideband, you talked about the level of accuracy. Um, so let's go into that. So what, what the key thing you get out of ultra-wideband yeah. is a level yeah. of accuracy that you simply can't achieve with, with Bluetooth and really with, with conventional Wi-Fi technologies as well. Um, just talk a little bit about the comparative levels of accuracy between ultra-wideband and those other technologies, and then let's talk after that. Uh, we'll go into how it works so people just get a better sense of it. 
So ultra wideband uh, has a much uh, better location accuracy than uh, Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. So uh, on an average basis in the industry as a whole, Wi-Fi RTLS or Bluetooth RTLS, they have an accuracy of five to seven meters. In our product, uh, we have Wi-Fi and Bluetooth RTLS accuracy of two to three meters. So it's, it's much better. For ultra wideband RTLS, we are delivering accuracy down to 10 centimeters. There might be some um, uh, some uh, differences uh, for different projects, like uh, if uh, an environment, a project environment, has uh, a lot of obstacles, like metal shelves, you know, the so-called uh, non-line of sight scenarios. Mm -hmm. Then the accuracy might go up, let's say, to 20 or 30 centimeters. Mm -hmm. But still, it's much more accurate than Wi-Fi about RTLS, and uh, to describe why it happens, I think we should uh, cover a bit more um, the algorithm or the method which mm -hmm. uh, Ultra Wideband is using. So I think uh, if we'll review the most popular method, uh, then uh, the first one is called RSSI-based method. It's about collecting the wireless signal and taking into account the known curve, the distribution curve of the wireless signal. We can approximate the distance of the object, right? from the so-called anchor device to the target object. Uh, and just to interrupt you there, so uh, you used the word curve, which is really important because really there isn't a single number that you can use to quantify how accurate Bluetooth is because it, it's a lot more accurate when you're close up, although it's still variable because it's about signal strength and that fluctuates and so forth. Um, and then when you get further away, if you're like 10 meters, then the, the level of accuracy is really very, very granular. It's not very good at all. And, and um, with ultra-wideband, that that's not the case. So uh, let's, let's talk a little bit. You talk about receive signal strength, and anyone who's looked at the meters on beacons uh, sees that that fluctuates because of multi-path thing. Right. Um, but um, ultra-wideband... You know what? What is what does it mean when when it says ultra wideband? What is that referring to? Uh, so uh, the name itself uh, uh, re refers a very uh, wide range of frequencies, right? Okay. Very wide band. Uh, so for sure, from one side, it enables that kind of high location accuracy, but there are some issues as well. So there are some uh, known interferences cases with the 3G or 4G mobile networks. That's why ultra wideband is not allowed in some countries, like in some Middle East countries. Right, but generally speaking, like in the United States, it's allowed and, and, and it's used in all sorts of areas where that's not an issue because the, the spread of the spectrum is so wide that uh, the level of interference is really pretty minimal. So, um, but I think it's fair to point out that there are a few countries where it's not allowed, but yeah. certainly um, uh, U.S. it is, and, and it's and Europe, used in, uh, US, in Europe, and Germany, uh, um, so ultra-wideband is used a lot in manufacturing uh, where they, they, they want more precise location, and, and really there aren't very many vendors that offer both Bluetooth and ultra-wideband, so I think you guys are in, a, in an unusual position there. So that spread spectrum uh, inoculates about some of the issues with Bluetooth, uh, like multipathing is less of an issue. Yeah. Um, so that's an advantage. But but this also we're not using RSS. What are we using yeah. with ultra wideband as an alternative to measuring signal strength? 
Uh, yeah, so that's a very good question. So there are two popular method, methods uh, which are not using uh, RSSI, the signal strength. So the first one is called time of flight, TOF. That's what we are using in our product. So it measures the actual time of the signal flight right, to the object. And it is assumed that the speed of signal equals to the speed of light, right? In this way, we need to have a very high accuracy timer on board, which is capable to count, you know, such very low scale, you know, nanoscale, you know, uh, time differences. So uh, I should say that um, there is uh, a few companies in the world which can provide hardware or the chips which can uh, deliver such high uh, accuracy down to one nanosecond. In our product, we are using DecaWave module. And until now, our experience was very positive, right? Uh, yeah, so DecaWave, uh, pioneer in this space, they've been around for a long time and they did a lot of the work on the standard uh, as that was kind of making its way through the whole, uh, we won't go into all the history of it, it but it is a standard and DecaWave provide the, the chips. So time of flight is what you use. What's the other uh, method? Yeah, the other method is called uh, TDOA, time difference of arrival. Mm -hmm. It is somewhat similar to time of flight, but uh, the main difference, and I call it uh, the main disadvantage, that the so-called RTLS nodes or the receiver devices, they must be uh, timely synchronized, right? So they must be connected with very advanced network, which is able to synchronize those devices to several nanoseconds. So why is it required? Because uh, mm, the actual location of the object is measured according to the difference of the time of the signal which arrives to every node. So let's say you have three nodes, and th that is the minimal amount of receivers in our RTLS system, like A, B, C. Let's say node A gets a signal, let's say, at uh, at time one, uh, node B at time two, and node C at time three. So you must be able to dif differentiate those differences of timestamps down to one nanosecond. So it's pretty challenging, pretty complicated. Our approach, which is about time of flight, it is not dependent on such kind of time-synchronized networks. So it's much more flexible, much easier to install, and much cheaper than. So you've got your power mode ultra-wideband beacon and you've got your receiver which you call a power beacon which is a much bigger yep. box and you maybe have a few of those around the, the room. How can you measure the time uh, uh, <laughs> of, of flight uh, if you don't have to worry about stringing these um, receivers together with cables and a controller which is what um, some of the other folks that offer solutions in this space have yep. to do and yep. obviously that's a hassle in terms of the wiring and there's more kit that you've got to buy, how can you measure the, the, the time of speed of light that, that it yeah. takes from the packet to get from the, from the power mode beacon to the power beacon? That's, uh, yeah. So again, regarding measuring uh, the speed of light, uh, this is one of the innovations which our company and DecaWave brings to the market. No, it's about special hardware because as you understand, measuring uh, on the nanosecond level is not possible in software. So basically, a DecaWave chip, you know, is able to uh, measure the differences of the signal arrival to the power mode device, 
And then we get basically a notification, right? That there is a distance, the calculated distance to the object. Okay. And then take three distances, right? From three installed devices using our called multi-literation algorithm, right? Which basically is about uh, the crossing of three or four or more circles. And we get the location. That's okay. how. So you're using trilateration or multilateration. Yeah. Basically, you've kind of got these receivers and they're all looking at the the traffic and doing some trigonometry to figure out where it is. So we've had our geek out session. I kind of love to go deeper, but I'm going to restrain myself. Um, why would I want submeter accuracy, which is basically what we're talking about? Yeah. Like 10, 10, 20 centimeters is amazing, but what would I, why would I need that? Yeah, there are some very nice and useful use cases. Uh, let's take uh, retail as an example. So, um, as you know, um, there is one nice approach to the location analytics, which is about attaching the location tag to the shopping cart, mm -hmm. right? And in that way, you can measure uh, the, the routes, right, where shoppers are working, the dwell time, how much time they spend, spend let's say, uh, near uh, this shelf or that shelf, near the cash registry and so on. So, uh, using Bluetooth technology, we are able to measure uh, the kind of uh, location with a 2 to 3 meters accuracy, but some of our customers, they want to do analytics for every brand on a shelf, the so-called FMCG analytics, for every bottle, for every box. Yeah. So, with Bluetooth yeah. or Wi-Fi, it's not possible, right? And that is the exact uh, good example of ultra-wideband and the real uh, need to get down to 10 centimeters, right? Every box, every bottle on a shelf. Yeah, that's a really good point because, um, uh, and obviously there's always exceptions to these rules, but basically with Bluetooth you're talking about departmental level analytics. I'm in, yeah. uh, I'm in the grocery, I'm in the cereal aisle uh, and so forth, but um, the reality is that the money for a lot of these systems is actually not coming from the retailer, it's coming from the brand. The yeah. brand has the margin in their product. They're the people that are paying for the promotions and the advertising, not the retailer. And so the brand doesn't care. Well, they do care that you're in cereal, no, but they, what they yeah. really care about is, are you in front of my cereal? And so that's what they can get. With, yes, and uh, they're ready to pay for such kind of reports, yes. right? Not retailers, you're right, but the brands. So, um, you know, the question is, well, if ultra-wideband is so good, then why are people using Bluetooth and why aren't they using ultra-wideband for everything? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Well, I think um, that's because of uh, several challenges. You know, there are some technical challenges because it's pretty hard to implement such kind uh, kind of solutions. Then uh, some retailers, for some reasons known to them, they don't want to attach any location tags to their shopping carts. Right. So uh, if we look at our phones, actually we don't have an ultra-wideband radio on there, but we do have Wi-Fi and we do have Bluetooth. So that's the key thing from my perspective is exactly. if you want to measure ultra-wideband, then you've got to get one of your power mode beacons, you've got to attach it to something. You've got to attach it to the basket, the cart, the pallet, the robot, the tool, or, 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 or whatever it is, which is quite viable in some situations, but it's not the same as tracking someone's phone. So yeah. it's just, that is one of the trade-offs, isn't it? Yes, yeah, right. Okay, well, I think that is a fantastic introduction to ultra-wideband, incredibly powerful technology, some things that people need to be aware of. Um, let's take a um, step back and look at your company, uh, Lintegra. Um, you, uh, uh, how, how did you end up forming it? Um, you've spent time in the U.S., I know, but you decided to talk uh, to, to found it in the Ukraine. How did the idea come about to to create the company? Yeah, so uh, the idea of the company and of the product, you're right, it appeared in Kiev, Ukraine. So I think it happened uh, somewhere like uh, three years ago. So at that time, I've been involved into several IoT projects, Internet of Things, like uh, smart home, connected car. And you know, um, um, I've observed a lot of hype around IoT. Multiple forecasts, you know, market reports from companies like Cisco, you know, which uh, forecasted trillions of dollars to IT industry. And, um, and I envisioned a large business potential at that time uh, for the so-called horizontal IoT platforms. Horizontal IoT platforms, those are software and hardware platforms which enable plugging different kinds of applications and use, case, use cases onto the same platform while enable, enabling you know, faster time to market you know, and fast implementations. So I started prototyping, you know, I used uh, different kinds of tools at that time, like uh, Raspberry Pi, you know, BeagleBone, you know, Linux-based stacks, yeah. you know, wrote some code and so on. But still, uh, what I lacked at that time is a solid use case, you know, vertical use case uh, for, uh, for a good customer, right? And at that time, I met uh, my former colleague, uh, his name is Val Chikalkin. Now he's a co-founder and CMO of Integra. So he was uh, uh, planning to do um, a project uh, for the local shopping mall in Kiev. Uh, the idea of this other project was about indoor mapping and navigation, you know, to help uh, consumers walk around the shopping mall. And, um, you know, at that time, uh, we saw a, a synergy between uh, my IoT platform and that project, and we decided to narrow down the whole focus of IoT platform down to RTLS and proximity marketing. That's how, you know, the current version of, uh, of Lintegra product appeared. Fantastic. And so you, you, you've got staff, uh, your development center is in yeah. Ukraine, but you've got offices elsewhere. Where, where else are you? Yeah, so uh, our biggest office is here in Ukraine. This is where our main R&D center is. So here we have something like 36, uh, 37 people. Those are software and hardware engineers, some product and project managers. We also have a small sales office in Tel Aviv in Israel, where we have some customers and a good sales traction. Uh, we also have uh, a small office in New York. This, this is where our investor is from. 
And we also have some partners in Dubai, in Emirates, and in London, UK. I cannot boast any running projects there yet, right? Yeah. We are just starting there, but uh, we have some good traction, and we hope that they will start soon. And so uh, your, uh, your work in Israel, that's where you're doing the, uh, the pilot project with Ace Hardware, which uh, any, anyone from the US will be very familiar with that brand. So let's talk a little bit about the Ukraine, and I think this would be a great opportunity to talk about some of the advantages and maybe address some questions that people have about, uh, about that. You, you guys were obviously in the news big time with the whole thing with Russia, and they annexed part of the country, uh, the, the Crimea. Um, has that impacted your business at all, or um, what's, does that actually make a, a difference to the average Ukrainian on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah. So uh, what I think that uh, for sure there are multiple stories in the newspapers, right, and mass media. But at first I must admit that uh, many of them exaggerate the real situation. It's not that bad in Ukraine. Uh, some industries like our IT industry it, uh, it has a, a very, very good and fast development nowadays. Whether we have any major political or economical issues, let me speak from economical perspective. What I see that during the last couple of years, right, uh, the situation has improved. You know, we have more freedom, uh, we have more options, more opportunities, you know, to work with international companies. And again, uh, IT industry keeps going forward. That's number one. Now, let's say if I would think about uh, the best possible place on Earth, where I would develop such a complicated and advanced product as Lintegra CVR platform, and I would definitely think about Kiev, Ukraine. Well, yeah, why is that? Uh, yeah, yeah. You... So I think uh, there, there are several reasons for that. Uh, so number one, uh, we have uh, the so-called access to the talent pool, which means that we have a lot of um, hundreds of thousands of talented uh, software and hardware engineers, which have all the skills, experience, and talent, right? And just to butt in there, I mean, back in many, many years ago, in the era of the Soviet Union, Ukraine was where the rocket scientists were. This yep. was where you were actually. So there's a lot yep. of really smart folks who were uh, a great education system that, that is uh, maybe a legacy of, uh, of that. So you've got talent, that's for sure. Yeah, so the, the, the second reason which I should mention is, uh, is about the cost, right? Yeah. That's another major reason. So it's all about salaries, office rent, any kinds of uh, procurements for the projects, you know, they're incomparable between uh, Ukraine and the U.S. And you've got to tell us, tell us how, how much is wireless internet on your phone? How much does, does that cost? And tell us the speed, because... You know, in America, we think that we've got the best of everything. I, I love people to hear about the cost and uh, performance of broadband in your country. Yeah, so that's that's a very good question, and you know, some of my customers keep asking the same question: What are the prices for broadband connection or mobile access, and so on? So yeah, you're right. In many ratings, not all the time, but in many of them, Ukraine appears on the first place as the cheapest country for mobile and broadband access. So for example, uh, for my Wi-Fi uh, internet access at home, I pay something like uh, $2 per month. <laughs> and how fast and is that? That's uh, 100 megabits. <laughs> and the connection is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That is a lot faster than I'm getting in San Diego. I think it's like uh, 20 times yeah. uh, yes. cheaper than the US, right? Oh, yeah, 20 times cheaper, 10 times faster. It's amazing. 
And uh, let's say for the mobile access like 3G, I pay on an average basis uh, $5 per month. That's again cheaper than in the US. I need to look at getting my phone plan from a Ukrainian carrier. Maybe they have a good uh, roaming deal here. Um, so very cool. So great infrastructure, uh, some cool people. And I have to say, as we do these interviews, thinking about it, we've had uh, actually no interview. Well, we've had Google. I guess we had one interview with Google. So they are a Silicon Valley company. But uh, uh, we, like the two of the other major beacon players that we've interviewed are in Poland. We've had two interviews in the UK. Uh, Italy, we've got one coming up in Spain. So this is really, um, I, I think um, we're not tied to Silicon Valley anymore in terms of innovation. Yes. And even right. within the States, you look at the players, there's a lot of work, amazing work going down here in San Diego, Southern California. Um, and uh, you, you look at uh, like Radius, they're over on the East Coast. So it's a very diverse uh, ecosystem. A lot of work going on in Canada as well. Glad I mentioned that. Okay. So um, uh, let's just uh, maybe wrap up and talk a little bit about your perspective on where the industry is going. You're, you're, you're in there, you're running a business. What, what's your view on um, some of the trends that are driving the, the, the future of the Beco system? Yeah, so I think um, all trends, as we know them in our industry, are very positive. You know, uh, iBeacon, Eddystone, uh, some new technologies which are brought by Google, like, you know, Project Tango, you know, many things. So speaking about uh, BLE Beacon specifically, again, there are some specific uh, reasons why we should think that there will be a, a major boost in the whole industry, right? At first, uh, a much larger set of smartphone models now support uh, iBeacon and Eddystone standards. As you know, before Android 4.4, you know, uh, Eddystone and BLE beacons were not supported at all for Android, right? Then there are some steps from uh, companies like Google uh, to make uh, BLE beacons more popular and Eddystone specifically. I think uh, some of the previous uh, video interviews uh, of yours, they've uh, discussed uh, the newest feature of Android called Google Nearby, right? So this is the feature which enables uh, an assisted installation of Android apps with the help of beacons. So basically, if you walk nearby a beacon and you don't have an app, right? But that app has a registered beacon, right, in Google Play. Then a person gets a BLE notification that you can install this app. Now, it's a, it's a kind of an additional channel, right, for the people to download an app. And I should say, based on the customer feedbacks, that that might prevent uh, the main hurdle about Beacon's adoption. It's about mobile app installation, you know, because almost every customer of mine, they're asking, okay, what we should do about mobile app installations, how we can help people to install those apps. And right now we are, we are using different like hacks or uh, non-standard approaches. You know, we, we can put some links uh, to Wi-Fi hotspot page, you know, please install this app. We can make uh, printed advertisements, you know, please download an app and so on and so on. So there is a lot of, you know, complexities and challenging, challenges about uh, app installation. And Google with uh, Nearby will help to address it. Then uh, there is a very uh, positive shift uh, into the appless, appless, you know, uh, proximity marketing with the physical app and URL-based uh, BLE advertising. You no, know, it's not... Uh, 
a very, very uh, new thing anymore. There are many companies which already provide, you know, proximity campaigns uh, based on URLs and our customers, they understand that kind of technology as well. And so physical web, uh, Eddystone URL and, and your products support that, do they? Yes. Okay. Very Plus, uh, maybe let me also add, uh, previously, uh, we've been also addressing that issue about app installation with our own proprietary, proprietary technology, which is called WebRTLS. Uh -huh. This is about proximity marketing based on the pure web. Uh -huh. This feature is still in progress, but we have some demo versions uh, available. So it works in the following way. So when a person opens uh, a Wi-Fi hotspot page, let's say in a shopping mall, we immediately track the location of this web page. And let's say if a person walks to a McDonald's inside a shopping mall, we also track that event, and then we can show on that web page a content of, of McDonald's. Okay, so and you're working within the router, the Wi-Fi router, to do this? No, no, we don't integrate with any Wi-Fi routers. We just capture Wi-Fi traffic in the same way as we do for Wi-Fi RTLS. Right? Okay, so you... So you're so you're looking. You're basically monitoring the packets, the Wi-Fi packets, uh, but you don't actually have to plug into the Cisco router. You're just listening out to. to, to oh, so so basically, let's say there is a web server which provides um, some information about the shopping mall, right? Some web pages, right. you know, basic information. So basically, uh, that web server can integrate with our API which will feed the location data. And based on uh, those location events, the web server and the logic of the web server can change the pages of the content. That's how it works. All right. Very good. Well, I think we've covered a lot, and uh, it's time to wrap up. But uh, Oleg, thanks very much for introducing uh, uh, us to what Leantegra are doing. I think uh, this ultra-wide band space is very, very interesting. It's a great complement to what's going on. Uh, with the Bluetooth technologies. So thanks very much for spending time with us. Thank you, Steve. Thanks a lot. So Oleg, you're uh, on your mission to, to, to Mars. Uh, first of all, is this something that you'd be willing to do if you got the opportunity to go to Mars? Yes, absolutely. I like such kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of us are rocket scientists at heart. Yeah. Um, so what, what's the music that you would take on this trip if you had to take, uh, take three songs, for instance? Yeah, so that's, that's a very good question. Uh, so let me think. Um, I think... Uh, in the beginning of this journey, um, I would select um, High Hopes from uh, Pink Floyd. I think this song, it uh, represents the mood which people have in the beginning of journeys. Either it's a startup or a journey to Mars. Yes. Then, um, in the end of this journey, when we'll be approaching Mars, I think I would go with uh, something more lively and funny, like something from uh, the disco classics, like Bee Gees, Staying Alive. For example. Absolutely, that's very in tune with The Martian, the movie, but, they had a lot of disco in that, yeah. And uh, in the middle uh, of the journey, which will consume the bigger part, I think I will go with uh, something uh, relaxing and calming down. Again, something from the classics like Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. So okay. that would be choice. Excellent choices, I love all of those. And um, but. 
I'm sure Ukraine has uh, a, a healthy uh, music scene as well. Uh, are you tempted to take any of any? Uh, are there any songs that you would like to add to the list from um, your local music scene? Yeah, we have uh, some very good uh, local bands like uh, rock bands, uh, dance bands, and some pop music bands. Uh, let me think. I might take uh, a couple of songs from uh, one very famous uh, Ukrainian uh, rock band. It is called uh, Okean Elzi. So uh, I like this this band very much. So I will take a couple of songs. Brilliant. Very good. Thanks very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 